Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, it's Kayla and Candace is not able to join us today, but we are all still so directionally challenged and we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. Oh, but surprise, we don't. We really don't. And that's okay. And we will continue to tell ourselves that it's okay because guess what? Nobody does. And you know what? I think we know why, because our world is this highly evolving, ever-changing newsreel that sometimes just stresses us out. So what happens when we feel all of that stress? What do we do to cope? Well, I can tell you one thing that most of us do. We turn on our favorite movies. And be honest with me and yourself as you're listening to this, when was the last time you turned on your favorite movie? When you felt sad or upset 
I know I just did it the other week. You know, we're going on three years of a global pandemic now. So chances are we all have turned to movies pretty recently, maybe even last night. You know, there's no doubt about the beneficial positive effects of movie therapy. It's shown to boost positive feelings and make us feel more hopeful. And I'm sure as you're listening to this, one of your top five favorite movies has popped into your head. But as much as we love movies and the temporary relief that they bring us, you know, not a lot of knowledge is out there about what goes into making one of our favorite pastimes. So what does really go into making a movie? What is the step-by-step process from start to finish? And who do we owe a huge thank you to for boosting our feelings when the world seems so bleak at times? Well, Today, we're going to get some of those answers. Today, we are sitting down with Cece Cleary. With nearly two decades of film industry experience, Cece Cleary is one of Hollywood's leading female figures. She's a development exec at Blue Water Lane Productions, with films such as Equalizer 2 with Denzel Washington, hereafter with Clint Eastwood, Matt Damon, and Hope Springs with Meryl Streep and Steve Carell, as well as multiple projects slated for next year. I'm really excited about the time I took and the conversation I had with Cece. We got answers to all these questions and so much more. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely Cece Cleary. Cece Cleary, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You know, there's something about movies. There's something about television and storytelling and something about being transported into another world for a few hours, escaping the harsh realities of life. And we have a lot of those right now. We on this podcast don't talk about our inspiring industry enough. As you know, I'm sure Candace and I met on a show together over a decade ago. So naturally, our listeners and our core audience are really interested in the industry as a whole. We've had a few conversations throughout the years with network executives, television creators, directors and actors, but we have yet to discuss the producing side of our industry. And uh, the word producer can be so elusive because you do wear many hats. You sort of have your hand in everything. The official definition is a person responsible for the financial and managerial aspects of making a movie. But even that doesn't capture everything that you do. And I know you've had a lot of different jobs in our industry throughout the years, and we will get to that. But to start, can you explain to our listeners from your perspective what it is a producer does and what goes into all that you do? Well, there's many different definitions of producers. What I do, I I do everything because I run an independent production company. So I start with development all the way into financing, to pre-production, casting, actually being there on set every day, managing everything. And of course, problems come up all the time. That's, you know, part of it. And then I manage post-production all the way into sales and marketing. I I do a little bit of, actually I do, in my business right now, I do pretty much everything, but not all producers do that. And like with the big studios, you know, it's very siloed. You know, there's one producer that's just on set. There's one producer that, you know, organizes you know, pre-production, it, it, it can vary. But in my experience for what I do, it, it, it's quite a bit. It's quite a bit. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say. 
<laughs> I'm sure it really is overwhelming. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, our listeners are really interested in the production side of things. And we get a lot of questions about all of that. And I, you have a really awesome quote that you say, and you say, there's enough craziness in this world. I want to bring some light into the darkness. And I know that you attribute your success to this quote unquote, East Coast work ethic that you talk about, which led you onto your past path to success as a woman in a male dominated industry. So I mean, only 30% of all producers working in the top films are women. And still in 2022, that statistic shocks me. I Can you share with us your unique experience of what it's like being in a woman in the top of your field and what what that East Coast work ethic is and what it means to you? Well, you know, I'm glad I was raised that way because I was taught to work very hard and nothing's ever handed to you. So I went into it knowing I'd have to work really hard to make Uh it. Even at the beginning, I always wanted to be a producer, even though I did a lot of other jobs. So I think that kind of kept me going. You know, because there were were a lot of failures where I I wanted a certain job and didn't get it, or I had to work my way up, but I never got discouraged. You know, so I think that's the East Coast. Right. Like I never expected anything handed to me. I always knew I had to work for it. Uh, It it was challenging at first, not only because I was a female, you know, I'd been in the business forever, but I hadn't run a production company and produced full feature films before. So it took a long time for people to trust me. And even though it's male dominated, I I just lucked out. All the men I worked with have been great. They've been mentors. They've been supportive. They've helped me along the way. I I have nothing bad to say about the men I've worked with personally, but, uh, but it is challenging because you have to prove yourself harder than maybe if you're a part part of the boys club or, you know, so yeah, I think it is challenging. And, you know, you you discussed the beginning of your career briefly. And I just want to take you back to the beginning because uh, right now we know you're a success story. But the truth is coming up in this industry on your own and learning as you go can be really difficult. I know I can speak from experience as well. A, a lot of us initially grow up learning in school in a in a quote unquote textbook format where we follow these steps and we get a result. But there isn't a textbook or a playbook for the movie industry. I mean, you have to figure it out as you go. And it's it's scary to try and find your way on your own. So what are some stories you have from when you first started out and you were trying to find your way, maybe felt lost along the way? Because I know we all feel lost at some point in our lives, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Well, as far as producing, I could go back later to when I first started, you know, doing stunt work and, you know, was in front of the camera. That was very challenging. But as far as producing, it's been the most challenging because I, you know, I I had worked in the business for a while and I knew I could produce, but I just didn't know how and the roadmap. And you're right. There is no roadmap. You have to learn as you go. And I would say when I did my first film, feature film, 40 Love, uh, Fred Wolf movie, before I hired Fred Wolf and my other producing partners, I was trying to do it on my own and figure out how to make a future film with, you know, very little support. And I wasn't really getting anywhere and I didn't know why. And then I finally called my close friends and mentors that are very successful in Hollywood and just asked for their help. I'm like, I'm not embarrassed to admit, I know what I don't know. And I should have done that earlier. And, you know, for 40 Love, I called a very close friend, Ben O'Dell, who works with Lionsgate. He has his own company, but works exclusively with them. 
And he was such a great mentor. And, you know, he just told me, this is what you need to do. Here are the people I'm going to connect you with. Uh, they should be your producing partners. And from there on, everything will be okay. And it, it, it worked. But I was too embarrassed to call him at first. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> the minute I was humble and just asked for his help, everything fell into place. It still was a lot of work. It wasn't easy, you know, but it, it made a big difference. It's really interesting because we see that happen with a lot of the successful people we interview on this podcast, that they find that moment in their life where they're willing to eat a slice of humble pie and admit that maybe they don't really know what to do next. And they have to go to their mentors and they have to seek advice from other people. And that is something that we have found in life as well, that you, we spend so much time acting like we know what what we're doing when we really don't. And so how much have your mentors guided you throughout your process of life and have, have, do you still go to them today? Oh yes, I do. They've been great. Jason Schumann, I've been working with him for quite a few years, Eduardo Cisneros, Ben O'Dell, Peter Block, Alex at UTA. They've all been great. You know, they they disadvise me and I rely on them to this day. We just got a movie uh, to Leslie into South by Southwest and uh, with Michael Morris. He's been lovely as well. That's our director. Uh, You know, I, I depend on all these guys and they're so kind and they treat people so well. Even when I worked with Fred Wolf on 40 Love, he was great. He taught me casting. And, you know, I I think because they all realized I was humble, I'm I'm a quick learner. But the minute I wasn't acting like I knew everything and I was the smartest one in the room, people helped me a lot more. And I think with women, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so hard in this business because you always have to prove, you know, you're tough or you know what you're doing. But everyone can see, right? (laughs) All these people know you don't know what you're doing. So the minute you admit it, they think jump in and help you. So that was my biggest lesson I think I've learned. Oh, that's such a great lesson because a lot of our audience listening is female and they are younger and they're very impressionable. And I think that's such a valuable lesson to learn at a young age and something even you had said you wished you would have learned earlier, you know, because it is hard. It is it is difficult to do that. So thanks for sharing that. Has there ever been a time that you felt like you were treated differently because of your gender? Or have you really been one of those women that have had an exceptional experience throughout your career so far? I must say I've lucked out. I've heard of other people who have had very bad experiences and I just got lucky because I started with the right team. I started with men in Hollywood that respect women and they treat you as an equal. I just started from the top. I just picked the right person to start connecting me, hired the right people that have the attributes of, they respect women. They had the attributes of humanity and kindness. So I've, been very lucky, but I know it's not the norm. Well, that's incredible. No, that's amazing. And so when you're interviewing people that you want to work with, how can you see and find the attributes that you're looking for? Because like we all say, a lot of people do act a certain way and act like they know they're going to try and be what you want. So how can you see through that when you're interviewing? Well, I'm I'm pretty, you know, lucky. Well, even pre-COVID or even during COVID, when it's possible, I meet with them in person. As far as, you know, the different producers, 
the casting agents, the directors, and you just get a feel right away. You sit and talk with them and you just know. You know, you can't really fake that. You know when someone's genuine, you know when they're kind, and also very accomplished and smart. So it's sort of intuitive thing, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That makes complete sense. We, you, we even prefer to interview in person and loved doing that on this podcast too, because you do, you feel the essence of someone in the room so much more than through the screen and trying to find that connection through the screen sometimes can prove more difficult than not. But I, okay. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the different personalities of people and, and, and the demands of you, you know, we get a lot of listener questions about production. So can you take us through the process of while in production for you, what is a day in the, in, in the life of CC? And, and when I say day, I put it in quotes because a lot of times when you're in production, your days are 18 hours, 20 hours. Um, but can you, can you take us through a day in the life of everything that you do? Because I'm not sure a lot of our listeners understand every task that you have to do within just the span of one single day. Well, it depends. And pre-production is crazy. We're on tech scouts. We're in casting all day. You know, it, it's not stopping them problem solving all day because something always goes wrong. You're dealing with locations falling out or, you know, a, a million different things. But actually, when you're in filming, it, it, it's just you wake up at the crack of dawn. You're the first one there on set and you're kind of managing everything and making sure everything's going OK. Because there's, you know, a couple hundred people doing their jobs and things go wrong and you have to quickly huddle together, problem solve. Some days nothing goes wrong and you just sit and make sure everything's going smoothly. And you're pretty much running around because locations can be far from where you're staying. So, you know, you got to get to the location, make sure everything's set up, make sure the actors are happy, make sure, you know, everything's going correctly. So it's a pretty busy day. And then even if everything goes right that day, I'll get home or back to my hotel and you get calls. Uh Oh, this just happened. And then you're on the phone till two in the morning trying to problem solve it, whatever that problem might be. So your day never really ends. I mean, yeah, it, it could be a myriad of things. You're always on call all the time. Oh, always, always, you know, Oh, this happened. Okay. What are we going to do about that? Sounds like you rely on caffeine a lot. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I drink Red Bull a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull and Diet Coke. I know no it's not that healthy, way. but <laughs> it does the trick. We all have our things. <laughs> we all have right. our, our vices. I can think of a lot worse. So yes. don't worry about that. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. And we're back. Can you take us through one of the most difficult production problems you've had to solve to date? Yes. I know that one off the top of my head. So I was on a one-day reshoot for 40 Love, and that was during COVID, uh, because we shot 40 Love during, I mean, pre-COVID, but then we had a one-day reshoot in Manhattan during COVID. So I had to quarantine for 14 days before the one-day reshoot. And at the same time, I had another film in pre-production. And we were about to start actually going in to filming very shortly. And uh, I won't say the name of the film, but uh, the two lead actors backed out last minute. I don't blame them. It was due to COVID. But we had ar- I had already hired an entire production team. So my producing partners, Jam- Jason Schumann, Eduardo Cisneros, and I, 
and UTA gave me a bunch of scripts. In 48 hours, we, we read 11 scripts. And I had 48 hours to move this entire team we had just hired to a new movie. And that's how we came up with To Leslie. So we just moved the whole team over. And within a week, we were in pre-production on our new movie. And I was, oh my goodness, that was the most stressful 48 hours of my life. Yeah, that's a lot of Red Bull within those 48 hours, for sure, just to make sure. Because yeah. I don't know about you, I've definitely, when I'm reading, fall asleep, fall asleep easily. So that's that's not an easy task. Um, but how wonderful of all of you guys to... So, and, and we did it. You did it. And you saved all of these people from not having a job in a time in our world when people were really relying on jobs. And especially during COVID in our industry, they were so scarce. So bravo to you because (laughs) that seems very difficult. I don't know how I did it. I really don't. It's like a minor miracle. And I was just so happy because I got to keep our line producer, who's also a producer on To Leslie. And she just transferred everything over and he got us really, really good COVID protocol because what I said was, okay, if we are going to move our whole team over and pick up a new movie, I just have to make sure the actors are comfortable working during COVID. I'll have the best COVID protocol. We're willing to put in that money, but I just didn't want that happening again. So I had to do a lot of due like diligence to make sure I wasn't in the same situation two weeks later. It was very stressful, I have to say, but I'm glad we did it. We wrapped December 24th on Two Leslie. It has wonderful actors. It's got Andrea Riseborough, Allison Janney, Stephen Root, Andrea Rojo, Owen Teague, Michael Morris, who's done Billions, House of Cards, Better Call Saul. Uh, he shot the movie on film. And uh, it was just, it's just so well done. And they just announced we got into the Southwest, I think, on the 2nd of February. So it's all very exciting. So it was worth the headache. And the stress, because it could have not gone that way, you know, (laughs) but I took the risk and it paid off. So to answer your question, that was the most probably difficult situation I've had to deal with in the past four years. And I'm sure that's one of many. Um, And, you know, you spoke about having to deal with all these different types of personalities and people and, um, you know, a producer's job is to keep and maintain a certain sense of camaraderie on set, right? Um, I know you have said it's a miracle a film gets made (laughs) and you have the unique duties of making sure that that miracle comes true. What is the best way that you found through personal experience to handle an important colleague when they're unhappy? Because that happens. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, Usually you just pull them aside. You don't do it in front of other people and just have a talk with them and just explain what the problem is and see if they can change that behavior. Usually they can. Uh, If they can't, then, you know, my friend uh, Ben O'Dell, he uh, had a professor at Columbia, and I forget the name of the book. I have to remember it one these days. But it talks about the enemy of production, and you have to identify that. And it can be anybody on the movie set that just kind of makes everybody else unhappy. And usually people like that, you just have to politely talk to them. And then if they can't change, you know, you just have to say, I'm sorry, but this isn't working out because it's upsetting so many other people. And you want everyone to get up every day and want to work for you and, you know, go above and beyond and and be happy on set. We're all so lucky to be working in this business. There's no reason for, you know, it not to be camaraderie and everybody happy and 
But yeah, but you do have to address problems like that. And they're very challenging. I don't like having to do that, but it's almost like running a military operation. Everyone's got to stay in their lane. Everyone's got to do their job. And if people start upsetting people in ways that you deem are kind of inappropriate, you just have to handle it and then remove that person. It, it rarely happens, but when it does, you just have to identify it. Right. That makes so much sense. Just take the bad apple out if they're not willing to change. Now, I'm going to I'm going to take you way back. Come come back with me way back to your childhood and what it was like growing up. Did you did you use movies as an escape? And, and can you pinpoint the exact moment you decided you wanted to work in the movie business? What was there a specific film or actor or story that took you past just being a fan to to wanting to be a part of it? Well, I, growing up, I loved all the old school movies, you know, the Indiana Jones and all the action adventures and Star Wars and all that fun stuff. So, you know, I went to every one of those in the theater. So uh, being younger, I was very inspired by it. And then I used to put on plays in my basement and I'd hire all the neighborhood kids. I'd write the script. I'd have the people who are good at, you know, the technical part. I'd have them doing the curtains I'd make all the neighbors come. <laughs> I did the costuming. <laughs> I was only 12 or something. So I think at a young age, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Absolutely. You were already doing the job at age 12. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the Temple of Doom because, or Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom was one of my favorites growing up. And my parents tell this really funny story how when my brother would come to the door home from school, I would grab the VHS tape because it was way back when and meet him at the door and say Jones. And I'd want to watch Indiana Jones every day. That was one of my all time favorites, too. There's something about that action adventure and escaping to a completely different world that we all need. Yes. And all those 80s movies, getting the Molly Ringwald ones, the whole right, rat the pack. Rat pack. Yes. They had- <laughs> 16 Candles, all the good ones. <laughs> I mean, they had, those movies were 16 Candles. I mean, they were just fun. They were escapism. Yeah, In this day and age, they probably wouldn't be too politically correct. <laughs> but back then, it was different. You know, For their era, they were really special. And for all of you younger listeners, listeners listening who haven't seen any of those 80s movies, go back, spend a weekend, go back and do a quote-unquote binge watch on all these really, really great Rat Pack movies. We can have a list in our show notes for you because they're they're kind of one of the, the, the first set of movies that kind of created for for me, and I think you too, Cece, this idea and this inspiration to join this industry. Okay, but not only do you produce, right? You you have done so much. You have had such a multifaceted life. You went from being in front of the camera to behind the camera. Prior to working behind the scenes, you were a professional big wave wind surfer and a polo player. Talk to us about that slice of your life. And do you feel like having all of this experience helped you with your East Coast drive? that you now have it it definitely did because you have to have such uh, perseverance to make it in a man's business i was one of the there weren't many women big wave windsurfers and just to get to where i got i had to train for almost five years wow and i never gave up i mean i i'd be in my first contest i go right to the rocks it was so embarrassing i come in like last place but i kept doing it i kept training kept practicing learned from my mistakes and once the men saw how hard I was working, they all helped me. They're like, we're going to help her. You know, they'd go out with me and train me how to do back loops or front loops or 
how to ride the bigger waves and that sort of thing. Because there's a lot of people that are, they sort of dabble in it and then they disappear where I, I stayed around till I made it. So I think that helped me with film because I, I just knew if I kept working at it, I'd be able to do it. And then it was interesting. That's how I got into film and TV because a lot of movies and commercials were coming to Maui at the time. And I started getting stunt work and I, I just lucked out. I just fit the bill. I was five foot five and brunette. I fit the, the part. And then I kind of fell in love with the whole idea of the magic of making movies. And when I wouldn't get a stunt part or uh, at the time I was acting as well, if I wouldn't get those parts, I go to the production company and just say, Hey, can I be a PA and go get coffee? And they'd be like, but your talent. I'm like, I don't care. I want to learn. So even in my 20s, I just did any job I could get. I was an assistant to quite a few people, did PA work, and then I'd get the call, oh, you just got this big in front of the camera job. I'd be like, great, I'll take that. And uh, then it ran into scouting and locations. I was offered jobs on Maui doing that. And I learned from that as well. I did a little bit of that in New York as well when I moved back. But I realized, okay, that was great experience, but that's not really where my fit is. I really want to produce. And then I got another opportunity when I moved from Hawaii to New York to produce a very small independent film. And that, you know, unfortunately fell through, but that's when I really realized, okay, I just want to produce. I don't want to do any of this other stuff anymore. I'll take the experience from being on a lot of movie sets to use that, you know, so I have a wider knowledge of everybody's job on the set because I've done a lot of the jobs on the set. So I think that is kind of how it evolved. Such an interesting perspective and such a wonderful value to have to just get rid of all, just be so humble, just complete humbleness. And then to do all the different jobs, no wonder you can kind of rally the troops and get everyone together because you've been in most of their positions already and you know where they're coming from and you've had that experience. What advice would you give to our highly impressionable young listeners, and you know, a lot of whom want to follow in your footsteps and maybe want to change that 30% statistic and grow it. What advice do you wish you were given when you were young and learning the inner workings of the industry? Well, I would say take any job you can. Because like you were saying earlier, there's really no school book for it or textbook. You just have to be on sets and you kind of learn set etiquette being on a set. No one's going to tell you. That's the interesting thing. You just have to be very observant. So any job you can take, just take it and, you know, find out where you want to be, move your way up that way. If you don't get the perfect job, take whatever job so you can learn more and make more connections. And then I would say too, just being humble, uh, you know, an overnight success usually took about 20 years. I mean, some people get lucky and it happens overnight, but that's, you know, very small percentage. So it looks like, oh, that, how did that person do it? But you don't know their whole backstory and all the years they worked doing jobs they didn't want to do. I did a lot of jobs I didn't want to do. I came home crying some nights and I just stuck with them because I'm like, I have to keep doing this. I'm not going to quit. You know, so I, I say just being humble, being, um, you know, able to admit you know what you don't know and being able to go to people that you know maybe in the industry but you go to them very humbly. Hey, listen, I want to learn. If you go to people acting like you know everything when you don't, they're not as receptive. 
I, I've just experienced that myself. I think I think that's a big one. As a professional storyteller, what stories are speaking to you right now? I and mean, what what stories do you feel compelled to tell? And do you have a, a specific concept that you've wanted to make happen that just hasn't made its way into production yet that you still feel needs to be seen and heard? Well, that's a good question. Well, I think there's been a lot of change already. When I was in the business 10 years ago, when I worked on some pretty big movie sets, I was pretty horrified just, you know, by sexism and just, you know, before the whole Me Too thing, you know, some of the behavior I saw on set, I was pretty shocked. And, you know, now that doesn't happen anymore. I have to say, in general, there's been a lot of change. And that was the one change I really wanted to see. It must have been 10 years ago. I, I, I took a little time off and I was so happy to come back and see there had been so much change in the way women are treated on set. But I still would like to see in general in Hollywood, I think there's a lot of ages, like ageism and sexism that still exists. Uh, luckily, I, I've not experienced that now that I'm in the past four years. I just haven't, but I'm sure there's still a lot of it out there. That and just people being more tolerant of all different, you know, genders, races. I mean, everybody should just be tolerated and not judged on their choices in life. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of change in that area, but there could be more. And it's still very, on the higher levels, it's still very white male dominated, like with the big studios and that sort of thing. So maybe more studio execs that are females. I think that would make a change in the content that comes out. So that's just a, that, so a bunch of different things. But at least we can say there's been progress. In the past 10 years, I, I've seen a lot of change, but there needs to be a lot more in all the areas I've spoken of. Right. That makes sense. You start from the top and then it continues to trickle down. And then obviously that will change the stories that are being told. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Do you feel that out after what we've been through the past three years with the pandemic and Me Too and the Black Lives Matter movement, all of that, that's changed your perspective as a storyteller and changed the stories that you want to tell? Yes. Actually, when I first started doing uh, producing for Blue Water Lane Productions, we were into romantic comedies. I just wanted to make the world laugh and feel a little lighter. And that was even before COVID. That was just sort of what I was thinking. And then when we did Two Leslie, that completely changed my perspective on storytelling because it's such an amazing story. And it's based on a true story. It's a redemption story. It, it's just an amazing, amazing story about somebody who goes through, anyone could have been this person. You know, one wrong turn in life, like, oh boy, here we go down the rabbit hole. And it's just such a, I don't even know how to say it. It's such a moving story. It really is. And it's humanity. It's compassion. It could be anybody. I still want to do romantic comedies. We have a few on our slate that we're developing. But I would like to do more humanity stories and just stories that can change the younger generation because I think people do look up to what's on film and TV. And just to be able to have more diversity have more tolerance, have stories that really matter. You know, I, I think that can change things. I think it's really important. So I'm very glad to Leslie came to me because it really changed my perspective as a producer on what kind of movies I want to do. Trust me, I still want to do comedies. I mean, I love uh, romantic comedies, but I, I think it would be very important to do more movies like to Leslie that, you know, it talks about, doesn't talk about it. it speaks to humanity well we have a few listener questions as i said people love and are fascinated with the movie industry and production uh, specifically a lot of our fans because candace and i met on a show and they just kind of love the magic of movie making so one of our fans susan from north carolina emailed us and asked she said i'm a graduate student looking to get into the industry i continually email my resume and i have yet to find any success i'm looking to going into directing and writing do you have any advice i would greatly appreciate it thanks oh i would say network with people who are already in that position and learn from them because it's very hard. To, writing is so complicated. It's not one of my gifts. I, I will tell you that. Directing is very specific as well. I think the best way is to network with anyone you know in the business. Because sending out resumes cold. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just, it's such a networking type business. Find anybody you know that knows somebody who already works in the business and see if you can get an internship with them or see if you can work as an assistant and then you learn from the ground up and you learn 
you know, how everything works. But I, I do understand her frustration because I used to do that when I was in my 20s. I sent out resumes. Nobody would respond. And it wasn't until I started networking with a friend of a friend of a friend who would meet me for coffee and he'd be like, hey, I'll give you a chance. You can come be my assistant or that. So I think it's more uh, networking. But, it, but I don't discourage her from sending out her resume because you never know. Someone can say, sure. But I, I would say the networking aspect. Even if it's a friend of a friend of a friend. <laughs> and also take take a note from Cece. Be the gopher. Go get coffee. Go do whatever it takes. Just be involved in it and, and meet people and do that. We have some, another listener, Justin, who lives in San Diego. He is asking, what do you look for in a director? Well, that's a good question. Well, I first look at their past work, what they've done. And then when I meet with them, I just see what kind of person they are because there's so many directors and it's so important to have a director that is so kind to his actors, but also knows how to run a a proper movie set. And so my main thing is the tone comes from the top. So if the director is a leader and he's kind to everybody, but very efficient, knows what he's doing, but makes the group all cohesive and makes everybody want to work for him, but at the same time is very talented. You know, for example, Michael Morris, that's how he is. I mean, he's amazing. He's one of the best directors I've ever worked with. And uh, Fred Wolf was great too. He taught me casting. He was so kind to all the actors. We sat in the casting room for 40 Love and he gave everybody their 10 minutes. And you wouldn't believe the people that showed up because they wanted to work with him. Famous actors just for day player parts. And he said, you know, okay, everybody's getting their 10 minutes. I'm going to make these actors, even if they're not right for the part, nothing wrong with their acting, of course, uh, just they didn't fit what we were looking for. I'm going to make them feel better when they walked out of the room. And he's not sitting there on his cell phone, distracted, if, if someone's not the right person. Like, that's very kind. And that's very, that's humanity right there. So I look for those qualities in, in directors. So we have one more question for you, Cece. Hannah in Milwaukee is asking how you pick what stories to tell and can anyone just send you a script? Oh, of course. I mean, you never know where a script comes from, you know? I mean, some scripts, I I had one that was around for 12 years, finally got made. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm always willing to look at a script. You just never know where some brilliant talent comes from because it's so insular within Hollywood and people only read scripts that come from a certain venue. They won't look at other stuff. So, no, I'm totally open-minded. You just never know where a perfect script comes from that is a good story. And there you go. And, you know, if there's anything I've learned from our interview together, Cece, it truly is just you never know. And there's always going to be something that breaks the mold. Keep going. And this is really something that's for a lot of our listeners who we find we have a lot of hard workers, people that just want to figure things out and figure out what to do next in life. And the truth is, you know, life takes you on these crazy journeys. Is there any last piece of advice you have for the young 20 somethings and 30 somethings that are finding themselves a little lost and maybe in that part of their life that we've both been in before where we we're still trying to figure it out? Oh, I'd say figure out what your passion is. Because if you have a passion for something, you can always take the failures. You can always take the nose. You can always, you can just keep going, you know, but if you're going after something you're not so sure about, 
it, it, it's harder to keep that stamina and the faith. So I would say first identify, is it writing, directing, or whatever it may be, producing, acting, whatever area. If you're not passionate, it's really, really hard to um, take all the failures and lick your wounds and keep moving. So I think that's a big thing for sure. And, you know, just be able to admit, you know, what you don't know, be humble, find mentors. And I think that that could lead to success. Well, good luck at South by Southwest. That's such a huge deal. We'll keep our eyes peeled for two, Leslie, and all the um, amazing projects you have coming up this year. We really appreciate your time and your wisdom, just your ability to share all your experience with us. We really appreciate you, Cece. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you. Wow. Well, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I am... I am so ready to curl up on the couch, pop some popcorn and watch one of my favorite movies. Mine is A League of Their Own with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. If you haven't seen it, it's a must. Madonna's also in it. Uh, I loved this movie so much as a kid. My stuffed animal growing up was named Kit after one of the main characters. So you know what I'm doing this weekend. But now after my conversation with Cece, uh, I feel like I'm going to watch with so much more appreciation and wonder as to how the whole production came together. There's an appreciation level that we all will have next time we sit down to relax and let our minds escape to another time and another place. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged as much as I did. We have another great episode coming for you next week. We'll see you then. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST.